I got a feeling about Matthew chapter 5. So let's go there together tonight. Matthew chapter 5, and as we get there, what we find is that Jesus is right in the middle of a teaching that we've come to call the Sermon on the Mount. And it's some really compelling stuff. These people, as they're listening to Jesus teach, are completely leaned in and hanging on every single word that he is speaking. You have to keep in mind that they had never heard anyone teach like this before. Jesus was speaking with a different kind of authority. Jesus was imparting such wisdom on the things of God that was elevating to a higher level than anything that they had ever encountered or anything that they had ever heard come from the mouth of any mere man. And as they're sitting here listening to his teachings, they're all but just entranced by it. And thus is how it is when Jesus begins to speak. Thus is how it is when Jesus begins to open up hearts to the receiving of his word. So tell somebody sitting beside you tonight, this is going to be good. No, like this is going to be good. Like you say, you say like it's going to be good. Like, like Thanksgiving was good. Like, you know, when Jesus is teaching, it's going to be good. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5 says, If we are all children of light, children of the day, and thus has been the construct for this entire series that we have been in. And Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, as he's teaching the people, says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray one more time together. God, in these moments, I ask that you would open hearts to receive the implanting of your word. I ask that you would remove anything that would be my opinion and replace it with what is your truth. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. In this final installment of our series, I want to speak from the subject of let there be light. Reports tell us that roughly three out of four kids between the ages of three and 12 are afraid of the dark. We'd probably expect that, right? Kids are scared just by nature for the most part. But let's take a survey of our own in the room tonight that is full of big, bad, brave young adults. And I'm going to ask for just complete honesty. Swallow your pride in this moment. I want to know by a show of hands how many of y'all to this day are still scared of the dark. Plenty of us. Plenty of us are still scared of the dark. It's not an uncommon thing for us to have a fear or uneasiness when it comes to being in darkness, especially if you're alone. Now, before I ask that question, I maybe should have prefaced it with that because some of you probably thought, I'm good in the dark, but you're thinking, I got like three or four or five people with me, but let's take all your friends away and put you in the dark room by yourself or out in the middle of the woods with no light and nothing to protect yourself with, and how many of you are going to be scared of the dark then? Probably the vast majority of us. When it comes to physical darkness, most of us hate it, even to this day. I had a teacher when I was in junior high, she used to tell us all the time that 
that it's not that she was afraid of the dark, it's that she was afraid of what was in the dark. And so most of us aren't afraid of the dark in and of itself, we're just afraid of what we can't see that might be in the dark that we think somehow in some way is going to like eat us while we're still alive and it's going to be some kind of perilous end to our life even though that, that hasn't happened to any of us so far. But we just have this fear of being in darkness and when it comes to physical darkness, most of us hate it. The Bible shows us something interesting when it comes to spiritual darkness. I want you to listen to what God's Word says out of John chapter 3 and verse 19. Jesus is speaking here as well, and he says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. When it comes to physical darkness, most of us hate it. But God's Word shows us something interesting in that when it comes to spiritual darkness, most people love it. They don't fear sin. They don't fear God's judgment of it. Rather, the opposite, they relish in it and they embrace it. They hate the light and they refuse to have themselves brought into it. This is the overwhelming majority of how people live their lives. Listen, God's Word makes it clear. We are to go out and try our best to fulfill the Great Commission, to reach and win as many lost souls as we possibly can. But the fact of the matter is that Jesus let us know plain and clear that narrow is the road, and few find it. Narrow is the gate, and few that enter through it. So what that tells us is that the vast majority of people on this world past, present, and future, live in darkness and are perfectly content to remain there in it. It's the overwhelming majority of the people around us. And listen to me, sin and its darkness has no end to its depth of depravity. It always seeks to and will make a way for people to plunge deeper and deeper into it. It's why we constantly see more and more evil at work in our world today. It's why we see more and more wickedness at work in our world today. I think most of us would agree that to look around at just the overall state of our culture and our society currently, people just seem to be becoming increasingly more and more unhinged. Chaos just abounds everywhere we look. And so it brings us to this stark reality that first and foremost, this world is dark. Let's go back to Eden. When Adam and Eve took those first bites that God had commanded them not to, at that very moment, sin entered into the world, and it brought its darkness with it. And from that time on, throughout the many, many generations of mankind that have walked across this earth, what we have seen to be true is that we more and more and more so began to fall in love and in comfort with that darkness. Our sin-depraved world is so dark. Would y'all agree? It is so dark. There is so much darkness. It just abounds all around us. As a matter of fact, I went and looked up some stats from last year, 2022. Here are some stats for major crime events and estimations of how many of those events took place just in our country. 
Now, these are not like petty crimes, like somebody walked into a store and stole a pack of bubble gum or something like that. Like These are legit serious what we look at and consider in the justice system as major crimes. Here are some numbers for you. Last year alone, there was an estimated 4.9 million thefts. On top of that, there was an estimated 21,156 homicides. 21,000. Beyond that, there was an estimated 149,871 robberies. Let's keep going. 36,274 arson cases. Uh, Listen. I hope I'm not like speaking to any future arsonist in the room by any means. Nothing to me screams depravity more than people just running around and setting stuff on fire. I mean, I know we all have like this weird fascination with fire and stuff, and every single one of us know that it's the one thing that you shouldn't play with, but we all can't help ourselves when we get around it. But what screams evil, wickedness, depraved humanity other than people running around just lighting stuff on fire for the fun of it? They ain't lighting their stuff on fire. They won't light your stuff on fire and stand back and laugh at it and think it's hilarious. Like, how wicked are we as humanity? Beyond all that, I think this is the next one that that shows really how depraved we are is the fact that there were 1.6 million assaults. That's just a straight-up hatred for the person beside you. 1.6 million assaults. And we're going to finish up with this one. I thought this one was startling. In our country alone, there was an estimated 359,000 kidnappings. It makes me want to, like, take my son and lock him in his room, never let him out, which I guess could be a form of kidnapping as well, but how wicked, are we? how dark, and how dark is this world around us? And that's not even to mention just the overall general meanness, rudeness, animosity, divisiveness that we see on a daily basis. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about just the perceived lack of desire that people have to just love their neighbor anymore. There was once upon a time, and none of you in here are old enough to remember it, There was once upon a time when people just cared for one another, when people just helped each other out. When you went over to to your neighbor's house and knocked on the door and could have a conversation with them. Instead, you knock on somebody's door today and people were like shutting blinds and turning off lights and hiding underneath their bed. Like, there's just no desire to love your neighbor. There's no desire to serve others anymore. There's no desire to just be decent people. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share something I saw the other day with you. I went to the grocery store. And you know, it can just be a hectic time of year uh, around shopping centers, grocery stores, you know, and I was at a real classy, upstanding place called Walmart, and I'm coming out, and there's this old elderly woman, and, and she's got, you know, her, her cheap old Walmart plastic grocery bag, and she's carrying her groceries to her car, and I don't know what it is about Walmart, I don't know why they designed it like this, but, and you may not have ever noticed or not, but every parking lot seems to slope downhill, I don't really know why that is. I don't know if there's some kind of engineering design behind that or what, but every one of them seemed to be sloped downhill. This woman, she's, she's shuffling out of the store, and she's got her bag with it, and, and the bottom of it splits in half. 
And so all of her groceries, you know, her soup cans and all that stuff, they're, they're, they're spilling out everywhere. And there's a lot of people around. And so, like, when, when the cans hit the concrete, it makes an obvious commotion. Everybody turns around and looks, and people are, that are already past her kind of just turn around and keep on going. But it's the people that were even with her and the people that were beside her that really began to open up my eyes to just how far we have stooped as a society because they just blew right past her. Looked down, lit her situation, kept right on going. And then this one younger man walks up, and he looks down, and one of her, one of her soup cans was, like, rolling downhill and so as it's rolling he kind of like speeds up like that I'm like okay here we go faith in humanity is about to be restored this young man is going to help her out he runs down he catches up to the can he turns around and he just goes bip kicks it back up the hill and keeps on going I'm just like what are we doing so I went over there and helped this lady pick her groceries up just in utter shock of what I have seen take place I'm like there is no decency there's no care. There's no, there's no love. It's just how there's so much darkness, so much just evil and wickedness. I'm, I'm tired of seeing it. I know y'all get tired of seeing it. And, and, you know, even beyond all that, there's just the other dark stuff that we have to deal with as a result of living in a sin-corrupted and corroded world. That's not even to mention all the sickness, all the pain, all the trauma, all the suffering that people will just have to endure on a daily basis that impacts people that we love, friends that we have, family members, that, that people have all been impacted by just the fallen, sinful, corrosive, corroding effects of a sin-laden world and all of this stuff. And when we take it in, we begin to look at it and you try and watch a little bit of news and it's only going to be dark everything about our lives, and we take all this into consideration, just the, the sheer darkness of this world, it can be saddening, it can be depressing, it can be oppressive, it can be heavy. It can cause each and every one of us to be filled with a hopelessness, a despair, a fear, and anxiety. But, in the midst of a dark world, hear me say this, God brings forth light. If there is one thing that we can see to be true of God, it's that he is about lighting up the darkness. Let's go back to the garden once again. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says that, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. When darkness covered the earth's unformed substance, God said, let there be light. He brought light into darkness. And when sin entered into this world, covering the world in its darkness once again, God brought light to drive it back. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, this is the prophet Isaiah, and he's speaking prophetically of the light that God is going to bring in to a sin-darkened world. And he says this in verse 2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And then you skip down a few verses, verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. 
And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And then again in John chapter 1, he testifies to the light that God brought into a sin-darkened world. When he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, everybody say, has not, the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And then again in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them. Now Jesus is, is on the scene. He's been prophesied about. His birth has taken place. John the Baptist has prepared the way for his ministry to take place. And in John chapter 8, Jesus is on the scene, and he speaks these words about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John said, this light shines, and the darkness has not overcome it. God brings forth light into dark situations. Listen to me, there is no, no darkness that overcomes the light of Jesus. None. And I think God really wants to hear some of you, or really wants some of you to hear this tonight. It's the reality that your sin is not too dark. Your past is not too dark. Your depression is not too dark. Your anxiety is not too dark. Your family struggles are not too dark. Your addiction is not too dark. Your mind is not too dark that the light of Jesus cannot penetrate into those places. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, God's word says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shone in on our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I've got news for you. If God speaks, let there be light into those dark places of your life. There is no darkness there that can stop it. Please, please, please hear this tonight. Jesus, the light of the world, sent forth by his Father, so that you could have the darkest places of your life shined on by his light and come to redemption, restoration, and renewal. That's what the light of Jesus does. That's the hope of the light of Christ in the midst of a dark-filled world, in the midst of a dark-filled soul. There's not one single soul in this place so dark that it can overcome the light of Christ should he shine upon it tonight? Not one. Do you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that some of you sit in here week in and week out, and you don't wonder if that light has shined upon your soul or not. You know that it has, but you've been afraid to step into it. You've been worried, you've been anxious about walking in to the light of Christ's redemption and restoration and renewal, 
Why? Because you're afraid of what that light's going to expose. See, the only time we see people running from light is when they're afraid of what it's going to expose in their life. And so I think some of you sitting here week in and week out, and the light of Jesus is shining upon your souls, but you have yet to step into that light because you're terrified of the darkness that it's going to expose. But you need to listen and understand something. God's light, the light of Jesus, doesn't just expose. Yes, it will expose the darkness of your soul. Yes, indeed, it will expose the sin that is a part of your life. Yes, it will bring conviction. Yes, you will have to work through the shame and the guilt of that. But Jesus stands ready to forgive those things. So what you need to understand about Christ's light is that it doesn't just expose, but it also exonerates. It sets you free. It takes your guilt and removes it. Jesus takes it upon himself. And instead of you having to bear the wrath of God, he took it for you on the cross of Calvary so that you could be set free from that grip of darkness that has had a hold of your life. Man, don't run from the light of Jesus. Step into it. At the beginning of creation, God wasn't content to leave it in darkness, so he brought forth light. When sin brought its darkness to the world, God wasn't content to leave the world in its sin-darkened state, so he sent the light of his Son. When the world crucified the Son and God covered it in darkness, after three hours, he brought the light back once again. When the Son went into the dark grave on the third day, the light of the salvation of this world came out from behind that stone once again. And one day, he's coming back to get those of us who believe and to take us to a place described to John in Revelation 21 as having no need for the sun, no need for the moon. Why? Because the glory of God is its light, and there will be no more night in that place. Our God brings forth light. And listen to me, it's his desire that none should remain in darkness. And when God spoke those words at the beginning of creation saying, let there be light, we didn't realize how far he meant and willed for that to reach that light that he was speaking was going into a darkness that was so much more than what was just covering the unformed substance of the earth. In those moments, he was speaking light into creation and into the created that he knew would fall into the darkness of sin. God brings forth light. I, I know this world is dark, but take heart and be encouraged by the fact that our God brings forth Light. God has brought light into this dark world by his son. But then he did something else really amazing. He chose to keep the light here. Jesus ascended back into heaven after his resurrection. But just because Christ ascended did not mean that the light left this dark world that we are in. God did something really amazing by choosing to keep the light here. But how? in his people. 
and his people cannot be hidden. I'm going to go back to the text again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So it's, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. Jesus in John chapter 8 says, I am the light of the world. But he has also looked to us as his people. And he says in Matthew chapter 5, what? You are the light of the world. So because he is, so we are. And it's just like what Natalie was talking about earlier with, with his holiness. Holiness in and of ourselves, impossible. It, it can't be done. It can't be attained. It can't be lived out. It can't be walked out. There's no way that we can attain to holiness. But God says, because I am holy, you shall be holy. When you believe upon me and when I enter into your life, my Holy Spirit comes and indwells your soul. Because I am holy, you now can be holy as well. In the same manner, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, when I enter into your life, guess what you become? Through me, you as well become the light of the world. You are now part of a city that is set upon a hill and that Jesus says cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. Any city on an elevated plain can be looked to as a beacon. Its light is, is noticeable even at a distance. Have y'all have y'all ever been have you ever been on top of any kind of elevated surface in a, in a in a valley driving up to the top where there might be a city on an elevated place at night when all the other lights go out, that city becomes evidently noticeable. Why? Because it's on the highest point. And its light becomes visible from miles and miles and miles around. God says, this is, this is my church. These are my people. You are like a city that is set upon a hill, one that cannot be hidden, that gives forth its light. It couldn't hide if it wanted to. And Jesus makes it clear that his light within us will shine before others. I think we need to, to, to regather an understanding of the fact that standing out as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, Standing out in this dark world shouldn't be viewed as optional for us. We are to stand out. It's not a suggestion that Christ gave us. It's not something that he says, hey, I'm going to place my light within you and, and you know, stand out if you want to. Just If you got a good week, that's fine. If, if things are kind of hard to understand, like if you want to turn the light down or turn it off or whatever, there's no option there. Christ says, I'm giving you my light and you will shine before others. You will stand out in this dark, perilous world. You can't help it. Men and women of God who live for Him can't help but stand out in a dark world. Jesus has looked to us and He has commanded, let your light shine. I think maybe the church in some ways, needs to come out of hiding. We start letting our light shine boldly, courageously, unashamedly again for the glory of God. Uh, take your phones out. All of you, take your phones out. You put your Bibles up, take your phones out. I know it seems weird. Any other time I would condemn such a practice. But you can put your Bibles up and take your, take your phones out. 
Listen, I, I know that this world is full of darkness. I know that this world is full of all kinds of evil, of all kinds of wickedness, all kinds of malice, all kinds of hatred, all kinds of deceit, all kinds of nastiness, all kinds of pain, all kinds of despair, all kinds of hurt, all kinds of trauma. But that's exactly why God redeems us. Go ahead and bring them on down, Luke. Listen, redemption is primarily for reflection. And Jesus says, as my people, you will let your light shine before others. Why? So that they can see your good works and give glory to who? Give glory to God. So each and every one of us prior to knowing Christ lived in a state of utter darkness in our souls. But when Christ redeems us, when his light shines upon our souls, he then gives us light. Don't even need permission to do this. You got your lights on your phone? So I'm going I'm I'm to point out some. So let's say the light of Christ shines upon Landon. And now the light of Christ shines forth from Landon. So let me see your light, brother. Turn that bad boy on. In the same way his light begins to shine. The same thing happens with Logan. Logan comes to redemption in Christ. Christ places his light within him. His light now shines forth. The same thing happens with Jacob. And the same things happen with Grant. And the same thing happens with Ryan and with Bree. Your light begins to shine forth. The same thing happens with Keaton. Christ enters into your life and your light begins to shine forth. So let me see your lights. The same thing happens here. Christ enters into Kylie's life. Now his light begins to shine forth from her. The same thing in Jaden's life and in Brantley's life. The same thing in George's life. The same thing in Luke's life. The same thing in Meredith's life. Your light begins to shine forth. The same thing happens over here. Connor and Caitlin and Carson, your light begins to shine forth. The same thing happens to, to Domenico. The same thing happens to Noah. Christ enters into your life, your life begins to shine forth. The same thing happens here with my Keener girls, with Ryan. Same thing happens with Jenna and with Jalen. Come on, let me see your lights. Christ changed your life, right? He's lit you up. Same thing with Abby. Same thing with Alex. Same thing with Adam and Katie. Your light begins to shine forth. And as your light begins to shine forth, guess who it doesn't shine on? It doesn't shine on you. Why? Because you don't get the glory. Christ gets the glory. And as your light begins to shine, as we boldly begin to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, our light shines before men. Other people are going to be drawn to that light. This entire section, let me see your light. We live in a dark world. But the moment that believers begin to let their light shine for Jesus and it shines upon other dark souls and they see the light and they're drawn to the light and they enter into the light, all of a sudden the darkness gets driven back a little bit more. This whole section right here, let me see your lights. The more you begin to be bold, the more you begin to be courageous and let your light shine before men, the more men are going to be drawn to it. The more souls are going to be saved. The more this world is going to be lighted up. Same thing in this section. Let me see your light. 
You begin to let your light shine before men. God begins to draw others. He gives you gospel opportunities. You step out in boldness and in faith and in courage. And all of a sudden, the darkness gets a little bit more lit up. The same thing here. Let me see your lights. Christ enters into your life. You let your light shine before men. And all of a sudden, the darkness is not so dark anymore. I know this world is dark, but God has sent forth the light. He sent it through His Son, and then He placed it within you. Now it's our job to carry our light. It's our job to go forth from this place. Go ahead and stand up. I'm going to read a passage out of Isaiah chapter 60. This is why I want you to stand up, because listen to what this passage says. It speaks prophetically of God's people and His light in their life. You can keep your lights going. Isaiah chapter 60 says this. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you. And His glory will be seen upon you. And as that light shines, listen to what God says begins to happen. And the nations shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together to come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. And your heart shall thrill and exult. Why? Because nations are being redeemed. Friends are being redeemed. Family members are being redeemed. Co-workers are being redeemed. So I'm telling you all, as we go out, as we finish out this semester, and you go to your different places throughout this break, and you go back to your families, let there be light there. When you go back to see your friends on campus this last week, let there be light in your dorms. Let there be light in the apartments. Let there be light at the gym when you go there. Let there be light amongst God's people in the places that God's people go. Arise and shine for the glory of God. Children of the day. You can knock your lights out. Point made.